Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Richard Hoskins, what are you doing over there? I see you smirking. You know, stone chilling. Uh, what is happening to our friends in Irmo, South Carolina? That's right. We got in Irma, boy, I ain't heard that town in a minute. I drove past it fast and many times. I think that's on the way to Columbia. I'm pretty sure it is. And we got Smitty in the studio. Chilling, chilling. We are we are converting him over to Corvette. I wouldn't go that far. I don't yeah. I don't have a Corvette tattooed on my leg. I have an airbag tattooed on my leg. And it's not for safety, I promise you that. Yeah. I won't days on me. Go have you some cross flags on that leg before it's over with. Nah, I doubt that, buddy. I've even got two Fords tattooed on my arm, man. Yeah, and yeah. We're going to get you a Corvette on that other arm. Uh, That's going to be the Corvette arm right there. All right, guys, we're talking the C4 Corvette, which is probably my favorite car ever made. And and I joke about the C4 Corvette, but I want to tell you something. It actually really is a very cool car. It's a very amazing car. The uh, the thing that was cool about it was just through the years how much it got better. And this car is a great stepping stone for the Corvette. It actually was, I'll be honest with you, this, this was the game changer for the vet was the C4. It kept up with the times. It did. Like, as you know, the 80s were a time when we were coming back from a pretty dismal time in automotive history. Um, We were coming back from a horrible time. And the 80s, like American cars and just cars in general, just made huge progress. And the Corvette was right there every step of the way. Um, Always a front runner, always a leader in performance and reliability and efficiency. I mean, it was just a fantastic car. Yeah, it is a fantastic car. And, I mean, the car had so many neat things. And through the years, it just got to be a cooler car. Like I mean, like they fine-tuned it. And, and by 96, by the time they wound them down and going into the C5s, these were some pretty amazing cars. They yeah, were they very were impressive. Awesome. But probably one of my favorite Corvettes we're talking about now. 1988, that's where we're at with the C4 Vet. 35th anniversary of Corvette. And oh. pr- my all-time favorite Corvette. Uh, these cars, I know I've talked about them 100 times on here. I remember looking at these cars when they were brand new. They came out with a 35th anniversary Corvette. And this car was a little special as far as the anniversary cars. You know, in 82, they had an anniversary car. 93, they had an anniversary car. The anniversary cars are just, you know, emblems, maybe a little embroidery on the headrest, things like that. 88 was a little special. They did. They kind of went wild with it. You know, it's your typical Corvette, and it had 17-inch wheels. That was the first year for 17s on the vet was 88. But it had white wheels. A slick white car with white leather seats and a white steering wheel. Like, it was all white. They only made 2,050 of the 35th anniversary Corvettes, and probably to this day, my favorite Corvette. Yeah, but didn't they leave the top black on it? Yeah, they did leave the top jet black on it. I'd be honest with you, it kind of looked like a space shuttle a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that, that sleek look. But that car was just... I love it. Like, I don't think it's nostalgia more than anything. The car's not terribly collectible. I mean, you got one with low miles, you got a $20,000 car. But it's it's just that car that, I mean, like, from my childhood, that's what brings me back. And every time I see one, I have to stop and look at it. Yeah. And then you look inside, and there's going to be a little plate on the console. And like I said, they made 2,050 of them. 
And that was just a neat car. I mean, and just the, the white on white. It had white seat belts in it. Mm-hmm. The white seats with the embroidery on exactly. the headrest. Exactly. And then it had the special emblems on it. It was just a cool car. I mean, it was it screamed 1980s oh, yeah. all the way. Like Don Johnson being in it would only be the only thing that would make it any more 80s. Yeah, it, it was cool. It was back when uh, Chevrolet took the anniversary cars really seriously. And uh, it was. It was definitely a special car. It's a very special car. It's you a want, very, very special car. You want to know what makes them even more special? What's that? Out of those 2,000 that you said they built, 700 were ordered without an electric driver's seat. That's weird. Find one of those. Now, that's that going to be an weird. odd one. That's going to be an odd one. And the thing is, yeah. they were loaded out. So this would be a high-option car. Yeah. Yeah. And so without a power seat. Without a power seat. That's weird. I wonder how many, because see, 88 now, that was a 4 plus 3 car still. So I wonder how yeah. many manual transmission cars they still have made of those. I think it was a low number. There wasn't a whole lot of them were Probably manual not. transmission either. That's the type of car that most people, it's going to be older guys buying them. They're going to be automatics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a rule. They're cruisers. And I mean, but they're just pretty cars. I mean, they didn't age very well. The white leather, <laughs> white yeah, steering wheels, things like that didn't hold up that great. But you find those nice low mileage ones. No, it's yellow leather. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they're just cool, man. I love them. I, I just think that, I mean, I like the wheels. I love everything about that car. I love that white on white. Just, I don't know. But like when you see it, you know it's something special when you see it. It's not no guessing it. You know, like it's like they went all out on the 88. Then you talk about the 93. It's a burgundy vet with chrome emblems on it. The 93, they were pretty, but yeah, they really dropped the ball on making them special. special. Yeah, it was a burgundy Corvette. You know, yeah. ruby red, it's a beautiful color. Um, the ruby red interior is beautiful, but how much different does it look than a regular maroon 93 Corvette with red interior? Exactly. But uh, the 88 definitely stuck out. And, you know, like I said, it was the first year for the 17-inch wheels. And, uh, you know, they were still making They were doing the Callaways in 88 also. And uh, actually, I think they got faster in 88. I wonder how many Callaway 35ths there were. You know they probably made a few. There had to be. They some. had to. Be, you know they grabbed one, but I mean, out of two thousand fifty, I mean, there's not a lot of them. You got to think about it. I mean, they're getting to be rare. I, and, I, and I think, and if, if I was gonna put my money on a C four being worth something, take the Callaways out of the equation, a, fat, a production C four, I say the eighty eight is gonna be right up there, be one of the top dogs in value. Absolutely. That and the Grand Sport, the ninety six, I think would be. Yeah, that. that's definitely the. Yeah. But the 96 was a performer, too. Even though I thought the Grand Sport was a little tacky. I love them. I said that I can't get down with the Mohawk racing stripe and the rookie stripes on the fenders. I can't do that. And we'll get love, on that one. I love Admiral Blue. So I like Admiral Blue, I'm but biased. I can't do all the rest of it. And then 89, I said, that's when things started changing up. They went to the six-speed. They got rid of the 4 plus 3 and went with the ZF six-speed. And that was a game-changer, too. I mean, that, that made... That a was, lot of difference. That was one of the first six-speed cars, at least sold in America, if not in the world. Uh, you know, some of the European smaller cars had six speeds, but not for like any reason cool, no. other than they were, you know, sixty horsepower. Well, the biggest meters. reason they went with the six-speed also is to help get the fuel mileage down yeah. these things a little bit. Um, you know, the the EPA was kind of stepping in at this time, and you know, like I said, they kept the horsepower same, they just added another couple gears to it, and. I mean, and the six speeds of winter. I mean, people use those transmissions this day in hot rods and all kinds of stuff builds. And that's another thing about these C4s. These cars get, or donor cars, for all types of pro touring builds, things like that, even now. So that's a really cool thing. In 89, I'll tell you another cool thing they came out with. They had a fiberglass hardtop option. That's right. Yeah, for the convertibles. A lift off top, which is the first time that was offered since 1975. 
And then another really cool thing, the very first ZR1s rolled out. Now, these cars weren't sold. These were just media cars. Yeah, they made them, but they didn't sell them. Yeah, they didn't sell them. 90 was the first year, but the actual first ZR1s, Three, what's it, 375? They made like 51 of them. Yeah, I think. 300, yeah 375, 375 horse. 0 ZR1s came out in 89. These were the media cars, and then 90, they came out. Um, Back in uh, the days when I used to work in the Corvette shops, and uh, easily uh, Corvette only, John Shaw had a destroyed one, an 89 ZR1, and uh, they crushed them. You know, yeah. They couldn't sell them. Yeah, you can't sell them. So he had one of them that had been destroyed, and it was a uh, prop on the showroom floor. That had to have been pretty neat. He also had a Mako shark body or something, didn't he? Yeah, he had a, he had a Mako shark. Uh, it was a Baldwin motion car. Yeah. Um, the, and then he also had the Dragon Wagon. Um, yes. That was, I think, 71 or 72. And then he had a 96 Grand Sport Callaway with a matching boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Had the matching Not only do I have a fiberglass boat. car, I have a matching fiberglass boat. It's hard to hide that money, you I'm know what I'm saying? You can't hide class. Yeah, he had, a, he had a pretty cool Corvette set up back in the day. You like Corvettes? You like going to the lake? <laughs> Boom! <laughs> but, I mean, that and that was the cool thing about these cars. You know, like I said, now, now we're rolling into 1990, and you got these ZR1s. ZR1 was a game changer from way back. I mean, but you got to think about it now. You had the Ferrari F40s. They were rolling around at this point. The cars got faster, so Chevrolet says, you know what? We got our regular Corvette, and we got our ZR1. And the ZR1 was really special. The LT5 yeah, it was, awesome. was something totally different. Actually, it's a Lotus-designed engine. Mercury Marine built. Yeah, in Oklahoma, actually, Mercury built them, but Lotus designed the engine. Yeah. And actually, they shared a lot of parts with a lot of other GM cars a little later on down the line. I tell you what else ain't far down the line is these commercial breaks. They get us every time. Guys, we got a lot more C4 Corvette knowledge coming right at you on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 WORD. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Richard Hoskins. What is happening in Lick Fork, West Virginia? Lick Fork, West Virginia. They have to have some great restaurants there. They have to. They have to. They have to. Yeah. I don't want to go to West Virginia, especially a place called Lick Fork. I don't think I want to even stay there. No, nah, absolutely not. Yeah, most definitely not. Most definitely not. I'll tell you something I do want to see, and I wouldn't mind having staying in my garage, is a 90ZR1 Corvette where we left off. Uh, man, now is the time to buy them for certain. Those are going to be some valuable cars. Because, I mean, they were really were. Like I said, we were talking about the Lotus Design LT5 engine. And actually, Mercury Marine built these things, and Oklahoma built the engines for these things. And like I said, a lot of the parts from the LT5 and a lot of the design from the LT5 went to the Cadillac North Star also. Um, these things, these motors made some crazy power. It was just 350 cubic inches, but it's 375 horsepower coming out of these things. Three seventy five from uh, ninety and ninety one and I think ninety two I think ninety three was when it went to four oh five yeah and you know the thing that was crazy I tell you another interesting thing about nineteen ninety that uh, that I didn't even that I didn't even know till today do you know they started designing the C five Corvette in nineteen ninety I did not know that but it kind of makes sense yeah that makes perfect sense they started designing the C five Corvette in nineteen ninety. I mean, that's insane. Well, you got to think, uh, at that point in C4... And the car came out 17 years later. 
Um, C4 was getting a little long in the tooth, and, uh, you know, I mean, you, you could only go so much further with it, so they had to be thinking above. And, I mean, the, C, uh, the C5, like the C4, was a clean sheet design. Mm -hmm. So it was. I mean, it was an all-new car. Uh, you know, the first one to have the transaxle, uh, first one to have 50-50 weight distribution. I mean, it, so it, I imagine that it would take a little well, time. Originally, they wanted to come out in 93, the C5 style. But due to some uh, budget cutbacks and things like that, they actually kept the C4 going. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. But, I mean, you got to think about it. In 1990, though, back to the ZR1s, in 1990, the ZR1 was the highest dollar production car GM made. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, the ZR1 option was essentially another Corvette. Well, and the thing you got to think about there is, I mean, you talk about all the Cadillacs of the day. I mean, you know, all these things. And a ZR1 was still the highest product, highest dollar production car. By a long shot, actually. So that's kind of cool. The Lotus Design V8, I didn't know that either. Now, I knew about the Mercury Marine building them, but I did not know it was a Lotus Design. 32-valve, yeah. 4 cam. Think about the marketing of the ZR1, uh, the King of the Hill, and oh, all yeah. that. I mean, uh, you know, this was a supercar that, honestly, it was a shame that it didn't come out in 89, because that's obviously what they wanted to do. It just right. wasn't ready. But, I mean, it was meant to be the baddest car going. Well, another thing you got to think about, too, is, I mean, this is a 1990. It had 315 35 17s yeah, on the back awesome. of it. Actually, the quarters were flared. If you if you ever want to know the difference between a ZR1 and, like, a 90 or 91 Corvette, look at the antenna. The antenna's on the passenger side, the power antenna. You could put about two fingers between the end of the quarter, the edge of the quarter, and the antenna hole on a regular Corvette. On a ZR1, you could put your hand there. Yeah. Flat because so, it's that much wider. Yeah, the rear quarters were three inches wider on each side. Yeah, I mean, and that's I mean that's cool. And then of course you know the zero one's got the square tail lights in nineteen ninety ninety one. They carried over into all yeah. of them, but I mean so that was really just a neat car. I mean that was just cool all the way around. It was a special car, definitely a, a very it's, special. It's car. definitely a collectible. It's going to come into its own. Oh yeah, definitely. You keep your eyes out for those low mileage cars, and they can be bought worth the money right yeah, now. You can buy them for twenty grand all day right now. But I mean, get them while you can. Yeah. It won't be like that for long, I assure you of that. In 91, of course, like I said, they all got the square tail lamp treatment like the ZR1 in 91. They also got the wraparound front bumper turn signals. Kind of kind of updated a little bit, kind of got the updated cell panels, and then they yeah. got the saw blade wheels. Not the biggest fan of the saw blade wheels. They're okay, but... The 93 and up ones were better. I mean, they're all right. I don't know. I just I can't get down with them. Eh, they fit the car. You making fun of the saw blade wheels, ain't you? I see mm -hmm. you smirking. Yeah, I see yeah, you smirking. You know, you know. They, they, they're a little dumb. I ain't gonna lie. I don't like yeah, them either. I don't like them at all. I, I don't really get down with them either. Matter of fact, I actually bought an '85 that had saw blade wheels on it, and I took them off of it. I bet. Yeah, like, like, yeah, because that was the thing. Everybody wanted to put the new wheels on the old vet or the '85 vet, because '85 had the little 16-inch wheels on it. Yeah, they were not really sexy either in their own, but they put the '93 wheels on it, and I'm like. Yeah, those are coming off. Well, in 94, you also had the ZR1 wheels that came out, and that was a game changer. Yeah, the five-spoke. Yeah, you were putting those on everything. Camaros, oh, yeah. Caprices, oh, yeah. anything that would fit. And I mean, so and I mean, and the L98 was pushing 250 horsepower in the base model Corvette in 91. And actually, I mean, I had a 91 six-speed vet, and they're, I mean, they're fun cars, and the wraparound dash, and I mean, they're... That was a big thing. Is I think they made them a lot nicer. Car got the cool seats in them too. Yeah, they got the really cool seats. Matter of fact, those seats ran all the way to '96. The uh, that style seat in the vet. I mean, 
And also, uh, what was it? What was the first year for the airbag in the vet? Was it 1990? Uh, yeah, 1990. Yeah, first year. That's the crazy. They're making these cars uh, in the first year. A first airbag in a vet was 1990. We had tire pressure monitoring system <laughs> in <laughs> our airbags. That's crazy. But so in 91, though, I think 91 is when they went two airbag or is that no it was still single uh, bag 94 I believe was it 94 because I remember it's so funny it had a glove box and then then they don't turn it into an airbag yeah exactly, exactly. That, that's 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 hilarious actually it's like you don't need somewhere to put your stuff we're gonna put an airbag there that's right that's I mean right. yes and it was probably planned the whole time to go there they just, uh, that was a GM thing back in the day I remember my 88 Trans Am didn't have a glove compartment it had a like vinyl pouch yeah yeah that yeah, yeah, stuck yeah. to the dashboard yeah because that's handy you yeah know? yeah you can put your registration in there <laughs> yeah, so here, let me slide this in the pouch let me go to my glove pouch and get this out <laughs> But definitely, definitely a cool car. But 92 was a big game changer in the Corvettes because that was the birth of the LT1. It was also the millionth Corvette ever made in 1992. July 2nd, 1992 to be exact. That poor car. Um, the millionth <laughs> Corvette ever made. Now, that car, no, that car lived a very sheltered life. It went through and got put up. And I'll be honest with you, when they opened it, it's sitting in the museum as we speak now in yeah, Bowling Green. It was one of the sinkhole cars. It was. Well, it's been restored. They rebuilt it. Yes, they, they did, did rebuild, rebuild it. it. Yeah, that, that sinkhole thing, that was just horrible. Yeah. Oh, oh man. That was and what's even worse is the camera footage. What are the yeah. security cameras? Just next thing you know, Corvette start falling yeah. into the ground. Yeah. That's insane. I, mean, I don't it's, like Corvettes, and that still hurt my heart. That hurts yeah. any car guy. Yeah. That hurts any car guy right there. The, what was the 2010 ZR1 prototype, the Blue Demon or something? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it got it. I mean, you know, of all places to have a sinkhole. Yeah, really. You yeah, know what no. I'm saying? Why can't like, the IRS building do that? No, yeah, exactly. no, no, no the Corvette <laughs> Museum does it. Yeah, you the know? Corvette Museum. Exactly. You know, but... Why can't my ex-wife's house do that? Nope, 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 the Corvette Museum. I mean, really. You know, but, I mean, that won't tell you. The, the 92 Corvette, like I said, the LT1, and the LT1 had some growing pains when it first came out, too. They had some idling problems with the 92. But now you team that ZF6 speed behind the 92, you're getting impressive. you got a 300-horsepower car, you know, 350 small ball, 300 I, I horsepower. I love the LT motors, man. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they, they kind of get overshadowed by the LSs, but uh, they were great motors. I tell you what's overshadowing us right now is this commercial break. I tell you what, guys, stay tuned. we got a lot more C4 and Corvette knowledge coming right at you right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Richard Hoskins. What is happening, Dogtown, Alabama? <laughs> sounds like a happening place. It sounds really that sounds like cool. a fun place. I don't man. think that's where the skateboarding started. No. I think that was a California thing. I don't think Tony Hawk's been to Dogtown, Alabama. He might be from Dogtown, Alabama, and it's just not on his wiki page. That's right. And of course, we got Smitty and Breezy on the mic over here. What's going on? What's happening, y'all? Guys, I'll tell you what. It's C4 Vet versus the world this week on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. And we're going through the years because I want to tell you something. To love the vet, you got to know the vet. And that's what we're doing. We're just, just so philosophical. Yeah, we are busting some C4 Corvette knowledge on you today because I want to tell you something. We already got Josh getting a little soft over here. He's nah, like, nah, he's, nah. He, uh, he's, don't fight he's it. warming up. He's warming up to the old C4 Vet. I'm telling you. He he's, was pretty excited about it during the break. I'm telling you, see, she'll tell on you. Yeah, I think I'm gonna come home and have one in my driveway. Hey, Absolutely not. There, there's worse things. It'll yeah, be bagged. Really. I've had I've had worse things in my driveway. <laughs> This week, you know, but, uh, you know, I mean, the, like I said, we left off with the 92. 
And, you know, we were talking about the sinkhole, which was absolutely horrid. Which one was that? That was just, what, a couple years ago? Oh, uh, man. I want to say it was like 2011, 2012. Okay, okay yeah, a couple years ago, you know. Yeah, you know, a couple. I didn't think it was quite that long, but I'm getting ago. to that age. You know, it's my birthday. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting to that age where it you is know, your birthday. Yeah, where everything is like, you know, that was two weeks ago. No, that was two week, two months ago. What is or, your birthday? Friday. It's Friday. Uh, yeah. All right. That's what I'm screaming. All right. That's right. That's right. I'll be 26. It's crazy. <laughs> It's for like fifth time in a row. <laughs> uh, Twenty six, no, way past the fifth time. <laughs> and uh, anyway, shoot, I will tell you something. I, I'll tell you, I think I look good for thirty nine. I mean, really and truthfully, everybody says the car business is stressful. Look at me, you know. Seem to be getting on all right. But you know what? Speaking of the car business and being a good salesman, I'm selling you guys on the C four Corvette. Richard's hooked. I got you. Don't, you don't have to. Sell I got. Me. I got Richard feening. And Josh is on the hook, though. Nah. Josh is on the hook. Josh is on the hook. But I tell you what, we're rolling into the 93, the 40th anniversary. Ruby Red, Red Gut, son, the 40th anniversary. And I want to tell you something else. This is the same year the ZR1 jumped up to 405 horsepower in the 93 Vet. Um, the Ruby Red, I mean, it's a beautiful car. It's a pretty car, but it's nothing special. They they, they understated it. They had, but the convertibles had a maroon top. Yeah, that was kind of was cool. That was kind of neat. But other than that, eh, it's whatever. And they uh, they had the emblems, the, the cool lot forty of them, emblems. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of them had the gold emblems. But I mean, that was just a sign of the times yeah, back in the well, early nineties. There's a lot of things that had, every Lexus had gold emblems on. Yeah, the a lot of things that you want to swap out. Yeah, that was horrible. You know, there actually was those guys. Remember the guys who used to be at the dealerships that had the machine that did the gold-plated emblems? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yep. you'd come out, you go to the dealership, and you bought your Lexus with chrome emblems. It'd be like, you wanted gold emblems? And it was like a little box, you know, and it buzzed. And it had, like, a brush. And, like, it was a le- some kind of le- electrical, like, electros thing or something like that. And he would take, and it was like a solution. And next thing you know, they were gold. Yep. He was just rubbing them over those chrome emblems. That'll be $695. Oh, they used to, <laughs> oh man, they used to kill people. They'd take their head off on that stuff, man. But, and the thing that was funny though, you could take bleach on a rack and wipe it right back off, <laughs> which was, I, and I've, I've done that before because you know, old gold get crusty. Uh-huh. You could take, literally take bleach on a rack, it would wipe it off, and the chrome emblem would be gorgeous under the bottom. All right, all right. So that was kind of cool. That was a win. Yeah. It was a reversible tacky thing. And I think <laughs> I think everyone that probably purchased that probably wanted to do exactly that after about two or three years. Yeah, well, that was just a bad decision. You know, I mean, you want a gold tooth? That's cool. You want gold emblems? Eh! You know, not so much. Hey, you think you could put bleach on a gold tooth and then turn it silver? I don't know. We ain't tried it yet. Might be a little bling. Just might, saying. Maybe for your just take Z4, your, take your swig, Take your swig of this and gargle. <laughs> <laughs> don't swallow it, don't, No, 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 no. That's bad. Don't do that. Kids, don't try this at no, home. No, 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 no. We already had enough trouble with, 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 them, with them eating laundry detergent, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's the reason, like, I look out for Will. You know what I'm saying? Because he's young. <laughs> he, I doesn't want eat, he doesn't no, eat laundry detergent. No, no, no. Will's actually extremely smart. He's a good kid. Like, this kid, like, he doesn't eat laundry detergent. He likes C4 Corvettes. I mean, I think he makes pretty good grades. I mean, I mean. I'm pretty sure I would he think does. so. I mean, I mean like, looking at him, he looks like he'd make good grades. I mean, he hangs out with me, so he's got to be pretty smart. Uh, I don't know about that. Why y'all got to do me like that? Because we hang out with you. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you know. I'm fun anyway. Yeah, I'm fun. I'll, give you that. Yeah, I'll make fair. you laugh. That's fair. But so we're rolling into the '93. In '93, they actually, uh, you know, the ZR1. How they even got the more horsepower? They actually poured it and polished the heads on it. That's kind of cool. You know, that's some hot rod stuff right there. Oh yeah, that is pretty cool. That's, I mean, that was, that was that was the big innovation. Everything about the ZR1. I mean, it, it was it was hot rod to the core. 
I tell you, I got a funny ZR1 story. Um, Carolina Rod Shop, when it was in business years ago, and this is back in the 90s when ZR1 Corvettes were still relatively new, there's a guy who built a 64 coupe and they put an LT5 in it. Was it black? It was, it was black. It was black with I a re- white stinger. It had a 6700 I remember that stinger. car. The guy, they test drove it for the first time, and he was really adamant about being the first one to drive it. Well, they fired up in the shop, and we were all there. It was me and my grandfather. I mean, I was 14, 15 years old, you know, at the time. And we were standing there in Piedmont at Carolina Rod Shop. He pulls out. It's a six-speed in this Corvette. He pulls out of the parking lot. It's a little two-lane road that runs down beside the shop. And he just dropped the clutch about three-quarters of the way into that turn and put it right in the ditch. Instantly, the car did not roll 50 feet, and it was in a ditch. Wow. Tore it all two pieces. And they fixed it and put it back together. And I mean, the car car is still around to this day. Actually, a a guy down in Myrtle Beach owns the car now. So if you go down to the run of the sun in Myrtle Beach, you'll see he's down there every year with it. The car's gorgeous still, but they polished that factory ZR1 intake on it. I think it was gorgeous. I mean, it's just it's just an impressive looking motor. It's wildly, it's still a wild looking engine. So definitely, definitely, a bit, and a big money build car too. By the way, with all C4 Corvette suspension, might I? Of course. Add. Oh yeah. Um, of course, Glenn Dodds and the boys they put C4 Corvette suspension under everything. He built an S10 Blazer sitting on top of basically a C4 Corvette. How about I have that? seen that in person. Yeah, the two tone brown one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he didn't pick out the sexiest colors in the world. No. But it's a very impressive looking truck. It know? really is. Well, yeah. How about the, uh, what is it, a 43 Plymouth he's got? That he does Four, the uh, uh, 48 Plymouth. Yeah, and it's got, no, it's got a LS1 supercharged. Yeah. yeah. And the, it's got all Corvette suspension yep. under it. I, I still have the magazine it. that he gave me and Josh when we first got married that had that car in it. Well, you know, he actually came by the shop. You know, Glenn Dodd's a family friend. My grandfather. He's an awesome really, guy. He's super cool. He's, a re- he's an old school hot rider. And he came by the shop and took me for a ride in that thing. And, like, this guy has the worst driving record of an 80-year-old man. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, He's yeah. got, like, two points on his license at all times. If even. <laughs> I mean, like, it, and the stories he can tell you. He used to do the One Lap of America and things like that. He's built several Blazers. And he built that panel truck, the uh, cut-down panel truck. What they call it? The Big Dog. You know, yeah. it was like a the blue faded. Speaking of 80s, 90s, blue faded into turquoise into pink. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, but you know what I'm saying. And Glenn Dodds was really big into the Corvette swap stuff. Um, but really, really, really cool. And like I said, it just goes to show you these Corvette suspensions. And people still use them today to build hot rods that handle. You know, back before the Pro Touring Buzz was cool and you called Detroit Speed and you order all your parts, mm-hmm. you using C4 Corvette stuff. Yeah. And there's still people that's using C4 Corvette stuff because it's still relevant. It's a great, simple platform. It is. Well, I mean, it's independent suspension. It's big brakes. I mean, it's it's all done. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, it's relatively affordable because they made a bunch of them. And you can bolt it on to almost anything. Yeah. I mean, it's very, very easy, easily you know, you could add it to something. Absolutely. You know, it's not you know the end of the world to to make that work. I'll be honest with you. I mean, for the same work you'd do to put like a Mustang two front end under something or something like that, you can run Corvette suspension under it. Which Rack is opinion, infinitely better. Oh yeah, yeah, well, that I sounds mean, cooler too. Well, well, exactly. I mean, a Mustang two front end is virtually a Pinto front end. Yep. And you know, and granted, the street rod and the aftermarket's got in there, and they make tubular A arms and you know box cross members, and they look a lot better than they used to. But I would much rather have some nice aluminum A arms and big Corvette brakes and things like that. But now, so now '94. That's what we're rolling into now. That's the year the Corvette Museum, the National Corvette Museum, opened right there in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And that and that's something cool. I mean, because you can do like museum deliveries of your car. 
Yeah, you can actually go in cool. there. That's cool. Like you watch your car being built, and then you next thing you know, you kind of step off the, the assembly line, and you go through the museum, and you walk out, and your Corvette sitting in the museum. That's so amazing. That's neat. I mean, that's experience. It really I mean, that's cool. And I mean, you got to pay to play and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool seeing your car being built. The next thing you know, you take a little break, and your car's sitting in the museum. Yeah. Well, let me circle cool. around back to 93 for one second. He said, back it up. You didn't let me get my cool little fact. Chevrolet and Corvette has introduced all kinds of firsts with, you know, with the world. How about the 93 was the first GM car introduced to the world with keyless entry? That's insane. That's cool. Really? That's yes. cool, though. Yeah. I remember the first GM remotes. I remember the first time I saw one. I thought that was the neatest thing ever. But it's like the size of a small TV remote. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you don't have to worry about losing it. It's like the keychain on a gas station bathroom. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's probably about two inches or about three inches tall, two inches wide, and about an inch thick. Yeah. And, and it, it took has- like 2D batteries. And had like a five-foot working distance. Oh, yeah, and it worked. Like, if you touch the door (laughs) handle, it should work. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what else we got to do to make this thing work. We got to get these commercial breaks in. Guys, I'll tell you what, we got a lot more Corvette knowledge coming up next, right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Richard Hoskins. What's happening, Bald Knob, West Virginia? (laughs) Smith. I was trying to hold my laughter in. You come up with some. I don't. I know where you're getting these names, and, and I'm telling you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get me a map. I have a muse. Yes, you do. I'm gonna get me a map, and I'm gonna I'm gonna double check these because I think you I think you're pulling I think you're pulling some stuff on us, Smitty, Brie. I think I think he's lying. Man, I don't know. I, there's some of this stuff that you just cannot make up. No, I not just at see all. these names on an envelope being mailed somewhere. I am not that witty. Oh, I I'm totally love it. All right. So we got Josh and Brady. Oh, Josh and Brady. That just got me all messed up talking about that stuff. We got Smitty and Breezy in the studio. Oh, man. Y'all got me all messed up. And I'm talking about, I'm like in euphoria right now, talking about my favorite thing in the world, C4 Corvettes. And we're going into the best ones, the last ones, man. I tell you what, they ended them with a bang. And that's what I like about the C4s. You know, 94, we was talking about the National Corvette Museum opened up, just kind of capped back where we left off. 95 was the last year of the ZR1. They made only 6,900 ZR1s in a five-year span. That's insane. There's not a lot of them. Didn't they make the same number in 93, 4, and 5? I think so. like 557 or something. Yeah. The uh, so, so, I mean, these cars are definitely going to be collectible if there's only 6,900 of them. You know at least a quarter of them ended up in a ditch. Yeah, and most of them, I think, were 90s. Like, yeah. Because they I were think... huge when they came out. So... I mean, so you got that going for you, you know, so that's that's really, really cool. I'll tell you another odd 95 Corvette. How about the Indy Pace car for 95? Is that the weird-looking purple and white one? The purple and white one. That's a very odd-looking Corvette. That's a, I mean, and was, I don't think I've ever seen one. They I don't made, think I have. They made 527 of them. I saw one. Kevin Whitaker had one when they were new, and yeah. I remember that. Outside of that, I can't recall ever having placed one. The, uh, I mean, that's... That's 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 a very odd, and it's a very low production number for yeah, a pace car. Absolutely. Heck, in '78 they made 13 million of them, and then in '95 <laughs> they made 527. Like every other '78 Corvette was a pace car Corvette. I honestly and, believe. And the ones that weren't pace cars were silver anniversaries. Yeah, were silver anniversary cars. I mean, that, the silver and black were the only two colors a '78 Corvette came. <laughs> it's either silver or silver and black. Take your pick. 
But, uh, but anyway, so the 95 pace car. That was a kind of a cool car. There was that dark purple over the white. I mean, it was a good-looking car, um, but you just don't see a whole lot of them. I mean, I'll tell you what, man, put one of those up with low miles on it. That's got to be a pretty good one to keep, too, in the, in the old collection. Definitely a good one for collection. Well, another thing cool is, is you know, we got the LT1 engine. And you got to think about it. The LT1, by this point, I mean, she's kind of hitting full steam. And then 96, they introduced the LT4, which blows my mind. They came out with this newfangled hot LT1 and then killed them two years later. It, it was such a great engine. It's just unbelievable. Well, it was I mean, basically I, heads and intake and cam. Yeah, but it worked. And they they would fly. Yeah, they were every bit as fast as an LS1 Corvette. Well, you got to think about it. 96 LT4, all your six speeds, which is the only way you got an LT4, all your six-speed Corvettes in 96 were an LT4. And, of course, you had the LT4 in the Grand Sport vet. Yeah. And they made a Grand Sport convertible also. They only made a few of those. Yeah, just a handful. And uh, But the only thing that is, if you had an automatic 96 vet, it got an LT1. Yep. Which was crazy. I don't know why they never not did not put an LT1 by, or an automatic behind an LT4. The LT4 is just such a crazy engine because it was only for one year, and like you said, it was only in the well, manual transmission cars. But it did make its way into the 97 SS. No, the not 97. 90, the 96. Uh, I 90, think it was 97, the 30th anniversary Camaros. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yes. SLP. Did yeah, it. they had the LT4 in them, too. And then after that, they are That's crazy. It's because the LS came out, but, I mean, it was just such a great motor to just let go of. Yeah, I mean, it's like... I mean, it almost makes you wonder if the LS didn't come out in 97 in the Vets, what the LT4 would have been. With a l- I mean, because the aftermarket didn't even have time to really jump on no, it. No, not really. It was such a short-lived thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could imagine the power you could make with one of those. And I mean, because they were great. I mean, just the bottom end of them and all that stuff, they were great engines. I remember the big thing back in the day is uh, um, Goodwrench had that LT4 hot cam that was a pretty big thing that people were doing, the LT motors, uh, and... Uh, well, I mean, you had MSD stepping in with, uh, you know, with the distributors, things like that. The Autospark was was, the Autospark was the Achilles heel of the LT motors, um, but there again, that got better over yeah. the years. That was the LT the LT engines were not the motors you wanted to wash with a pressure washer. <laughs> um, when your water pump went out, you might as well go ahead and put a distributor in it and be done with it. Um, but all in all, once you ruled that out. They really were great. Pretty bulletproof outside of that. And, I mean, like you said, uh, you know, that was a huge deal back in the day, but we've found better solutions now. It's actually not a big deal at all now. Yeah, exactly. And after the aftermarket stepped in, problem solved. I mean, you fixed a lot of them. You got to think about it. They used the LTs and the Impala SSs. Mm Mm-hmm. Or well, the Impalas in general, or not Impalas, but Caprices and all that stuff. Cadillacs, Roadmasters. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, it was a great engine. Of course, now they had a steel head version. Yeah. And then they had a 265, what was it? 260. 260. Oh, you're talking about the the smaller motor? Yeah, the, the, um, but it was the LT motor. Yeah, it was but 265, 4.3. Yeah, 4.3 V8 um, that was in a lot of your uh, steelhead, like Buicks and things like that. Yeah, the ones that didn't get the LT1. Yeah. So, I mean, and I mean, so the LT1 motor was very versatile and all that stuff. But like I said, if it wasn't, and the LS1 is a great platform. But and now you've got people putting LS1 coil packs on LT motors, which yeah. is insane. There's, that's a crazy looking setup. Yeah, that imagine that'd probably be a great running setup too, though. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, basically, you took the problem, the only problem the LT ever had, and you eliminated it. Right. So I mean, that's definitely a cool thing right there. But moisture was its number one enemy, hands down. And what do you do? You put it low down, close to the ground, and under the water pump. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. Like I mean, how could you make it any easier for it to get wet? 
It seems like an afterthought. If I could have a dollar for every time. Man, all I was doing was washing my motor. Now my car won't start. <laughs> That's bad. That's so bad. I remember we were in it at the, uh, there was a Nick's car washing easily. And they had a Camaro going through, a Z28 going through. And it went through the car wash, and it was dead before it got out of there. <laughs> like, driving through the car wash because the motor got so wet in it. Could you imagine? You got your Z28, hot day. It, it was a Saturday. It was a hot date night, and she's dead in the water, yep. right, right at the car wash. There's nothing worse than towing off a clean car. Uh-uh. <laughs> that, that's just like insult to injury. Not only do you, uh, do you just pay sixteen ninety five, now you got a record bill on top of it. And you didn't even get to pick your favorite air freshener. Reminds me of something my brother <laughs> told me uh, when we first got into the Shelby Dodges. He had a Shelby Charger, and uh, it broke down a lot. And uh, he said uh, one day it was getting towed right after he waxed it. He said, always looks good on the back of a flatbed. <laughs> but she's looking good, though. She's looking good. I mean, I've been here before. I mean, heck, I, I drove my black truck when we got it back together, the dime piece, and got it all finished up. Heck, every time I took it out, I mean, I literally got towed back home in it. The first probably five times it went out, it got towed back. It was the biggest pain. Well, once you got all the kinks worked out, she's all right. Knock on wood. It'll leave me sitting tomorrow, but you know what I'm saying. It'll be all right. I'll take it off your hands. I'll just take it. I'll take it. i tell you what. I mean, but like I said, I mean, this is the thing about the C, the C4 vet, you know, these were some amazing cars. And I mean, and we just scratched the surface today on these cars. I mean, can you believe we've been talking for two hours about C4 Corvettes? I can. I can. I, and I'll be honest with you, I could talk for another two hours about them. I mean, I love them. They're great cars. But I think they got a bad rap, and I think they deserve this. I really do. Because, you know, everybody, the first thing, oh, oh trailer park Romeo or something funny, you know, oh, C5s are better or C6. I want to tell you something. The C4 was the game changer that made these cars possible. I think I would venture to say that the C4 was the most significant upgrade from previous models of any Corvette in history. It was, i say, the biggest change over the years. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Because yeah. before that, they really didn't have that much of a right. change. Right, they didn't really change that much. Yeah, and for yeah. years. And well, that's and my years. biggest issue with them, man, is they, do, they did not change except for, you know, minor and minor differences well and that's the thing you know when you got perfection why mess with it you know what i'm saying (laughs) guys i tell you what i think we got smitty on the hook we got richard falling in love over here about a c4 corvette i tell you what i hope i hooked a few more over the radio waves guys you've been listening to hot rods and happy hour right here on 106.3 word we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.